This is the science behind the art, where we discuss the insights of the cosmetic industry through a different lens, uniting scientists and artists. We are the New York Society of Cosmetic Chemists. I'm Maria. I'm Regina. And I'm Leah. Join us as we embrace beauty and dive behind the scenes of the cosmetic industry. On today's episode about 2021 trends, we have Amy Marshall with us. Amy started her career as a cosmetic formulation chemist before moving into sales. She trained new salespeople and developed and implemented strategies for opening new markets in the Americas. She worked at Cardra and Presperse, where she built a strong color presence for both companies. And her passion for creating unique new colors that follow the current trends has actually resulted in product placements throughout the whole globe. Since joining Eckhart in 2007 as head of sales, Amy's portfolio has grown to include marketing technical services, where she identifies new markets, develops, implements, and executes sales plans. In 2015, she became one of the first recipients to receive the SEC's designation as a marketing fellow. She has held several positions within the SEC, including national secretary, area one director, and NYSEC chapter chair. Currently, she's the bylaws, bylaws and special events coordinator chair for the NYSEC, and she earned her master's of cosmetic science from Fairleigh Dickinson University. Welcome to our podcast, Amy. We're so happy to have you. Thank you very much, Maria. Let's get started. Will you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are now? So you've already read my bio so that you already have a, a good understanding of where I am. But let me tell you some things that you may not know about me. I love to backpack. I'm a skier. I love playing tennis and I love to bake bread. And I think during the pandemic area, uh, when that took place, I started making bread more often. And it follows my chemistry background because you have to be precise in it. You know, all the measurements need to be precise. That's part of all chemistry was. And, you know, when I did formulating in itself, I used to formulate toothpaste back at uh, Block Drug years ago, which is now GlaxoSmithKline. So I used to develop a lot of the Sensodyne uh, toothpaste for overseas markets to see if we could get it into those areas. And then I got an expertise in eyeshadow, which is completely a different field altogether, got me into the color. Um, but then I decided to try a little stint of analytical chemistry because I decided having a chemistry background, I wanted to get back to the roots. So um, I did one year of that, found out, Analytical chemistry was not for me, <laughs> definitely not for me. So I got into sales. I started at sales at a uh, long time ago with Brooks Industries, which is, I don't even know, they were Arch, now they were Lanza. So I don't think they're around anymore. And I've loved sales ever since. I've gotten to meet a lot of new people. I travel a lot and I love to help um, chemists with problem solving techniques. So it's been a great area. Uh, I love teaching people about the color world in itself. Um, I just gave a presentation at Seneca Colo uh, College up in Canada on colors. Um, and it was, you know, giving back to the future chemists is what I enjoy doing. 
That is awesome. Before we get into any other question, I have to ask, have you perfected your bread recipe? <laughs> yes, I have. So I made chal, I have made French bread, baguettes, and bagels. Ah, oh, awesome. So, so homemade bagels are really great. And I've never you tried that. You have to boil them. That is the key. It's like any New York style bagel, you gotta boil them. Oh, interesting. Uh, I love that. I think I think as a chemist, we always think back to like the kitchen and then we excuse our our new kitchen hobby with the fact that we're chemists and we we're taking our formulating to the kitchen. So very nice. Um, the whole thing. I mean, formulation is off, you know, a recipe is like a formulation. You're following it to the T um, and you got to figure out what went wrong with it. So mm -hmm. if you're having an inconsistency where the phases are separating out, then you may not have enough emulsifier in it in your formulation. Same thing as if you're baking bread, is the yeast completely developed? Are you getting enough gluten in there? Yeah. And then also did the temperature affect it? Did I leave it too long or too, too short? Um, did I not homogenize enough? So all of that is, could definitely be transferred to the kitchen. Um, you mentioned that you went from toothpaste to eyeshadow. So how was, what was captivating about color at that point? Because if you moved into eyeshadow, then I guess that's where your transition to color really began. Um, so what was what was the most ca captivating thing about that? So it was interesting because when I went into uh, eyeshadows, at first, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, and then they said, okay, let's first start you here. And it was interesting because I didn't know how to make an eyeshadow. All my year before that or two years was making toothpaste now uh, here I, which is basically almost like an emulsion um that is vacuum that you're using a vacuum um machine to actually pull out all the air and now i'm here all powder and it's like okay how am i supposed to do this <laughs> so it was a learning experience for me and i have to say that helped a lot and that started my interest into the color area. So um, because eyeshadows are so unique in itself, you have your binders, your wet and your dry binders, you have your fillers, and then you can start developing the colors and what colors you want to pop more, what pearls you want to add, you want to make it cleaner, you want to make it dirtier, all these different things you're trying to get a juggle or a hand on. And I have to say, when I first started doing that, I had to take some courses, of course. So I joined some of the uh, SEC, Society of Cosmetic Chemists, uh, training courses um, that they had, because I know um, there was one on lip, there was one on uh, eyeshadows and nail polish and just the organic colorants and pearlescent pigments. And I started learning from there fascinating field and with regards to I guess we could do color but in 2021 we're seeing a completely different world than we would have last year and the year before so what what do you see as the upcoming trends when it relates to color okay so with um, trends in itself what we're seeing right now is because this pandemic that we are in has taken effect 
everything is moving more towards sustainable, natural, and hygienic type of formulations. So it's almost like a dual process here that we're looking to see. Um, we're trying of new ways of protecting ourselves. So color, I would say in 2020 has taken a back step in itself um, because we're wearing masks all the time. Women are home. Uh, we're not really going to work as much. So a lot of these things take effect and color market in itself went down about 34% in 2020 in wow. itself. So we're trying to bring this back up. So where, where I see the trends for 2021 is because we're still going to be wearing the masks. So eyes are going to pop a lot more. So we're going to see a lot on the eyeliners. We're going to see a lot on mascaras as well as eyeshadows, lashes. We want them bold and vibrant in itself. Eyebrows are going to start taking key um, here now because, again, we want to define them more, fill in any loose areas that we're not, you know, that we might be, as we get older, they disappear a little bit. <laughs> um, one of the other things that we are looking for is masca colored mascaras are coming back. Because it's another way to pop the eyes more. So you're going to probably see a lot more of blue mascara coming into play or in purples and so forth. Um, but that doesn't mean skincare is not there. Because in 2020, when color took its step back in the market, skincare took a step forward. And everybody was more focused on how to protect their skin. Um, basically from all the germs and the viruses out there, hand sanitizers became very popular in itself. We're looking for, so we're washing our hands a lot more. And when you wash your hands, you dry it out from the, all the detergents, the surfactants that are in these formulations. And by doing that, people are now looking for ways to add moisturization. So moisturization um, is a key to bring moisture back to the skin in itself. We're looking at inflammation as you're wearing a mask. You're getting mask knee. That never, we never even knew what mask knee was. Right, oh goodness. Okay, and this is where you're getting now irritated by wearing a mask every, all day long. So now we're finding ways, how can we clean the skin, prevent the acne from taking place, reduce the reddening, coming in um, and reduce that inflammation. And because of the pandemic, we are on our computers more so on our mobile apps, on our uh, iPads, on the computer. So we're sitting in front and having all this blue light coming onto our skin. So now we need to protect ourselves uh, from blue light inflammation. So we're looking at ways on protecting it. Um, and the biggest thing is the microbiome. We're looking at healthy skin. Whatever we put into our body, we want to also see on the outside. So all of this lines up with the color in itself because when you come back to it, foundations. We're going to need a foundation when we come back. People love it. Skin Glow is very popular right now um, because they want their skin to be healthy, get that nice skin glow. So we're looking at the ways to glow the skin by utilizing the different pearlescent pigments. Um, and by doing that skin glow, you're seeing um, 
a much better increase with they're adding now more moisturization to it. They're adding many different types of products. Um, but as I mentioned, natural's still here to stay. It's one of the trends and sustainable. So people are always looking for natural ingredients, natural formulations that are sustainable to make sure that um, the planet is safe. But we can't forget a lot of these natural materials, we can deplete our natural resources and deplete our planet of them. So we also have, it has to be a combination. It can't just all be natural. So it should be a combination of using some synthetic that are coming from the lab that are safe and convenient, um, but we're not depleting those natural resources. Yeah, you certainly mentioned a lot of buzzwords um, that we're hearing. <laughs> uh, they were like bouncing everywhere, washing hands, blue light, microbiome. Um, I think it's, it's the time for that consumers are also becoming more educated on on their on their skincare routines on their what they're actually putting on their face so i think it's that's also going to push the trends uh toward more toward the natural direction so yeah very very interesting where we where we are as a like with the global climate right now and the fact that lip took a step back color took a step back but a lot of other aspects of the industry kind of um are, are running, um, are running forward and are taking a completely different direction that we would have ever thought. So, well, if you look at it, um, some of the newest trends that are coming in is now these spray mists to keep your makeup now on. So mm -hmm. transfer resistance is another key word that we're looking at because even lip stains, people still want to wear, they love the lip color. Everybody <laughs> wants their lips to be vibrant popping but, and pop, absolutely they want that pizzazz and <laughs> when you do that you and you put your mask on the problem is you don't want it to leach off onto your mask in itself because next thing you know you'd be like a clown mouth instead because yeah. it's irritating so you want that to be transfer resistant and staying on the skin so urban decay came out with a line with had the spray mist they were the first ones that i've seen that came out um and they use it all the time when they're promoting a lot of their new um their makeup artists shows it a lot on a lot of their instagrams yeah and i feel the cosmetic industry is always pivoting right we had the rise of the influencers and now we had the pandemic it's it's always taking kind of like where the consumer is taking it so i think i think the most recent pivot is one that's very interesting to see where all the all the different trends are going and but don't forget marie we educate the consumers mm -hmm. all right and look at a lot of the chemists so what i did see in 2020 is we took a step back into science we really looked into the science of these formulations and we're seeing and we're trying to project these and give knowledge to our consumers of what is best to utilize these materials. So a lot of all these chemists or brands are coming out and making their own products on their own because they took that science with them. Yeah, definitely. That's another buzzword or buzz phrase um, that science is back um it's it's yes. here to stay and hopefully we can continue to educate all different types of consumers um 
because that's that's the goal that we're we're making products that are safe but also have a purpose um and there's there's a purpose for each ingredient in there and trying to educate people on that is very very important so mm-hmm. on that note um what do you wish was a trend for this year what where would you like to see the so my go? so I would love to, I'm not sure where the market's going to go. So it's actually kind of funny when you look at the history around this, we had the Spanish flu pandemic that hit around 1918, around that area. It was a global pandemic. Then we went right into the roaring twenties, which got us out of the pandemic era and it's the flappers and all the sparkle and pizzazz. Well, we're back at it again. If you look Mm -hmm. at it, this pandemic hit us and started at the end of 2019 and now took us into 2020. So we're in our roaring 20s for the, in the 20th century um, that we're moving forward. So where's it going to take us? I definitely see it's going to move more towards um, natural and synthetic materials. We're going to see a lot more color coming into play, seeing a lot more pop. Um, with the colors um, in itself. I just hope to God that we don't follow through to the 1930s where recession took place and we went back to the the, um, iron oxide ages, the dirtier colors. I hope we stay with the more vibrant colors. And I do see uh, ways because natural and synthetic, as I mentioned before, we're trying especially the younger generations, they're looking for ways to um, make sure our planet is there for the next generations. And we need to do that more so. And I think for color, it's gonna go in that way. We're gonna see definitely some natural materials popping up because I believe there was one called, um, I think Jividon was launching one coming from a Chinese uh, radish in itself Mm. of a red pigment. So that's um, completely natural, but I think you're going to see this mix with a lot of the naturals as well as the synthetics moving forward because we want cleaner, brighter, unique colors coming out. And we have to, in order to do that, besides just looking into into the nature, we also need to look into our science background because science is evolving. So maybe we can come up with a new color scientifically. Evolving every day. (laughs) Yes, it is. is. (laughs) And you kind of answered this um, because you you went back in history and you (laughs) analyzed the past hundred years, basically, of our lives. But how do you go about analyzing a trend? So how far back do you go and how into the future do you go when you're analyzing a specific trend? So when you're analyzing trends, you got to look at many different factors. You look at the history. So, I mean, I've, I actually presented last year a color trend um, to the New York chapter that went showed the history from the early 1600s all the way up to about 2020 on where we are today. And what I saw throughout those hundred years is that the trends become secular. So the colors come and go, some are clean, some are bright, some are popping, some are dull, iron oxide wise. Um, And then what you also need to look at 
is you got to look a little into the future and into other industries. Yes, we're color, cosmetics. We are in the cosmetic market, but you have to follow the fashion industry. What is being, you know, look up the makeup artists in itself. They're walking down the aisle. They're getting their, um, all these fashions getting ready for the next season. The makeup is following those types of trends. So we have to look in the fashion, but you also have to look at the automotive industry. You can look at the food industry, basically look at the different textures within the food in itself. Textiles uh, to begin with also has a lot of different textures. So we're looking in automotive, we're looking at the paint, we're looking at our home decor, think of it. Um, we're at home 24 seven mm -hmm. lately, mm -hmm. all right? We want our home space to take on our personalities in itself. So the color or the wallpaper that you put on your walls have to help you relieve that stress, uh, relax you and motivate you. So if I'm looking at a room that I just want to relax and read and, you know, unwind, I'm going to go for me, very neutral colors. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the beiges and the browns more calming for me in that area. Whereas my husband in itself, he's the vibrant guy. He likes energy. He likes color all over the place. So he's going to look, go into those rooms that provide a lot more color. And it's then trying to blend those colors together. So you're looking at many different industries, not just cosmetics and fashion, but you're also looking at paints. You're looking at, uh, as I said, um, automotive, um, home decor, and so forth. And look, Pantone came out with two colors this year. The last time they launched two colors, I believe was it back in 2016. So we have illuminating and we have ultimate gray. They're blending those two worlds because the ultimate gray is giving us the solid ground that we stand on. And the illuminating is giving us that sunshine, that little bit of confidence going into the next era. And we're trying to blend those together to move us out of this pandemic and into the next phase that we're going to. Those colors are so applicable for what we're living through. And I think the fact that you're looking at other industries is is how it should be. We're, we're seeing a connection between other industries and the cosmetic industry all the time. If we look at the natural, sustainable trend, it's very, very present in the food industry as well. So very fascinating that if you take a step back and you look, all, all industries are kind of headed... In, a, in the same general direction, so. Yes, they all blend. So even, don't forget the digital. We look at the phones. The Mac computers is a good example. When Mac first came out, it was just a solid color. And then they came out and launched the, um, the iMac, which is now different colored monitors back then. Mm -hmm. um, and now we still look at quartz. Rose quartz came on the mm -hmm. phone. Um, I have it on my other phone, but on my <laughs> On the phones in itself, you got Rose Quartz that was very popular in 2016. That was put onto the, all the um, to the iPhone. So we have to look at technology. You got to look at every different thing that's out there besides just nature in itself. Yep. Very very cool. You spoke about the next generation. So educating the next generation on science. Um, preparing the next generation for what's going on with 
the climate. Mm-hmm. Um, so what would be one piece of advice that you would give to somebody who's, who's just starting their career? What would you tell them? Network is a big key word for me. Um, and the reason I say networking is I love to meet new people. I love to talk to new people, um, help solve their problems, whether it's formulations or, you know, just have a nice conversation with them. But you can't always do it on your own in itself. So you got to learn from somebody. So when I first started in color, um, I, as I mentioned, I took a lot of classes, but I also learned a lot when I was at Cardra from Jane Hollenberg. She was kind of like my mentor back then. Uh, she really got me in. She's known in the industry for all of her color um, expertise. Um, she also does a lot with surface treatments of pearlescent and uh, organic and inorganic pigments. So I learned a lot from her. And I would say when you network with the past generations, all right, they know what they've done. They had a many successes and they also learn from their mistakes. Learn from them. Reap some of the benefits. Talk to them. Don't always, you know, when you're coming in and networking, build up, and I'm not saying build up your network on LinkedIn. No, go and try to meet these people. Go to your trade events. Uh, go to the Suppliers Day show. Go to different conferences. Go to your New York chapter meetings or, you know, any SEC meeting in itself. And then when you're sitting and listening to a presenter and, you you know, many, many of us have this fear of asking a question in public, but go up to them, talk to them, meet them hand to hand and say, do you mind if I contact you with something? I may have a question or two down the road. They would love to hear that. These people want to help the next generation. This is why we, we present. Many people like to present in itself. So go up and take your time. Go talk to these people. That's what it's all about. Because you might have a problem now in a formulation. And it might, and your core network within your company might not be able to help you. But if you start thinking outside the box and meeting other people that, oh, I, yeah, I remember I did something like that years ago that I kind of had the same problem and this is how I fixed it, maybe can help solve your problem. Definitely. Networking has, I know, has opened up my door. So I think it's very, very important for anybody starting out. And even if, if you've been in the industry for, for five years, um, it's who you know that will end your skill set. But it is very important that who you know will help you get to your next job or promotion or whatever it is. So definitely networks. And it doesn't have to be for the first five years. I still meet new people every day. I learn things almost every day, new things that I didn't know about. And you know what? It makes me wiser for it. And you got to learn. Don't just sit idle. Cause I, I mean, how do I put this? I see a lot of the younger generations who tell me, Oh, yeah, I already know about it. Well, talk to your salespeople, talk to your colleagues, talk to these all these people, because you know what? Salespeople see so many different people when they travel a lot, when they're, you know, coming up, they can actually bring a lot of that influence to you as well. 
I mean, you might already know how to formulate a product in particular, but you may not know, wait, I wanted to do it, let's say a clear emulsion. Well, this product can work in a clear emulsion, but there are some tricks to get it to work better. Some of the salespeople know all of that. They've been around. (laughs) Definitely. I think the industry is where it is because it's, it's had a strong team of, it's, it's not that big, um, but it's had strong leaders who have, who have learned from their mistakes and who can guide the next generation to success as much as they've successed. So. Right. And I'm sure, as you said, when you network, you got to meet new people and you got to know what, who they are, what they are and help solve some of your issues as well. Definitely. And like you said before, when you were working just in toothpaste and then transferred to eyeshadow, it was like, what am I doing? Learning a little bit of, of the whole personal care field is also very, very important. So you're not an expert in one thing. Just know a little bit about all for all types of formulations, just in case your next job or your next assignment is, is something different. So totally agree with you on that, because we all tend to look at this is what I've been doing for years. This is where I want to stay. But you got to take those blinders off or those side blinders off and look at the whole picture in themselves because you should make yourself well-rounded. Yes. Well, thank you very much for joining this conversation. It was a pleasure speaking to you. And we'll see where the 2021 trends leave us. Maybe we'll do another episode at the end of the year when when we have results. So thank you very much. Well, you're welcome. I look forward to seeing everybody, hopefully at the New York SEC Suppliers Day. Like what you heard? The NYSEC is here to move cosmetic science forward. Stay tuned to our next episodes and visit nysec.org for more content. Hey, Susanna Fernandez here, this year's NYSEC's chair. Don't forget about Suppliers Day's Beauty's main event for innovation in ingredients and formulation taking place on November 10th and 11th at the Javits Center in New York City. There will also be a virtual day on Friday, November 12th to make it accessible for everyone in the industry. We look forward to seeing you there. Visit us at nysec.org slash suppliers day today.